Fantastic. Now, uh, as, as it turns out, in doing some research, there is a little bit of debate on this, of which of the five senses we lose first as we age. Uh, you know, I'd hazard any guesses. It's, you know, some, some of you are like, I know exactly which ones. I've experienced these. But, <clears throat> but as it turns out, the one that this is the last one to go. Hearing of all things. As it turns out, there are studies that are done that, that say that even when we're nearing death, our sense of hearing still remains, at least to some degree. It's the last one to go. I've also become convinced, however, that it's the last one to come. Infants and toddlers, we know, they, they feel things, they see things, they t smell things, they taste things almost immediately, even if they shouldn't. But clearly, they've not yet developed the sense of hearing. Because throughout a child's adolescence, and sometimes into their adulthood, their parents are constantly asking, what question? Are you listening? Did you hear what I said? Well, in today's sermon, we're going to read that the Lord asks the very same questions of us. He's given us this great gift of Scripture, the very Word of God, and yet all of us, regardless of age, struggle to listen to Him. Today we'll look at the importance of Scripture in the life of the Christian, the peace that's offered to us through it, it's because Scripture is where we're able to hear the voice of our Lord, where we're reminded of His love. I pray that by the end of our time, we would say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Like we said earlier in the day, this is part of the Being Challenge, with the goal of being more like Jesus through the practice of several spiritual keystone habits. And like Andrew said last week, the secret to this challenge is that to be like Jesus, you have to be with Jesus. And if that's the case, then we should seek Christ where he promises to be, in his word. And Jesus tells us, he told us in the gospel lesson, a few other places as well, that, that the scriptures are all about him. So on the road to Emmaus, Jesus explains, through the, the prophets and the Moses, all of it is about him. Later on in, in, the, in the book of John, we hear in John chapter 5, you study the scriptures diligently because you think that in them you have eternal life. These are the very scriptures that testify about me, says Jesus. The whole thing is about Christ, this great love that Christ has for us. So right away we learn that Christians study the scriptures because in doing so, we hear the word of God and we're learning at the feet of Jesus. Even though Jesus is not here with us present the same way that he was in his earthly ministry, we have him with us through the scriptures, through his word. And yet, throughout the history of mankind, we have been quick to dismiss God's word of truth. And that's what we see in our first reading today, in 1 Samuel. The first verse tells us something interesting. It says, In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. But that's not to say that the Lord wasn't speaking, but that no one was listening. See, Samuel call, was called towards the end of the age of the Judges, where over and over again the theme of the book of Judges was Israel had no king, 
Everyone did as they saw fit. The Israelites had stopped acknowledging God as their king. They had no interest in hearing his word or reading it or paying any attention to what the Lord was telling them. They still had it. They had the word of the Lord. They had the law given to Moses. They had the promises given to Abraham. But the priests neglected to preach it. And the people refused to hear it. Because people were too busy with their own lives. Too busy breaking God's commands and doing as they saw fit. And so the word of the Lord was rare among them. It remained stored away, neglected, gathering dust. And that brought dark days upon God's people. Now, as I tell you that situation, that that period of time in history, does it sound eerily familiar? Because we have the same situation here today. It's true today. We live at a time when the word of the Lord is rare, not because it's inaccessible, but because it's neglected. See, up till 500 years ago, the Bible could only be read by scholars and priests until Martin Luther translated it into the common language. And even after that, it was exceedingly rare to have a copy, your very own, uh, a copy of your very own. And even today in China, in parts of China, there are underground churches that only have one page of Scripture. And they preach and they teach from that one page each and every week. Now compare that situation where you don't have access to the Word of God. Compare that to our situation. Because we have an embarrassment of riches. 90% of Americans have three or four Bibles in their homes. It's on our phones. It's on our calendars. It's instantly available online with hundreds of thousands of commentaries and articles and studies teaching us about it. We have the Bible all around us. And yet our society is increasingly ignorant of what it says. And while Christians, we found plenty of different ways to justify our lack of study, the most common one that I hear is this. I know enough. I know enough. I get the gist of it. And in some ways, they are correct. Hear me out. All that's needed for salvation is faith in Jesus Christ, right? True God, true God, true man who died and rose for the forgiveness of our sins. God loves us. God saves us. That's the overarching main message of the scriptures. And if you get that, well, then that's enough. And yet, I wonder if we asked one of those underground churches in China if it was just enough to have the one page or if they would be hungry for a second page or for the rest of the scriptures. You see, the problem with this it's enough mentality is that statement alone leaves us with a very limited view of our God and view of his love. Here's an example. Take art, for example. See, I, in all of my great skill, have created a rendition of a famous piece of art. Here it is. Yes, I... There's no applause. I don't know why, but clearly this is my version of Van Gogh's Starry Night. You get the general premise of it. There are stars and wavy things in a city and some kind of a black thing in the middle. See? Perfect rendition. And yet, 
while this is enough to, I don't know, maybe it's enough to get you like, I think I know what he's trying to do here. You can see the difference between my sketch and the real thing. Right? There's a range of color and, and depth. There's incredible contrast between light and dark. Its details bring it great beauty. The same is true for Scripture. You see, we have, if we, we, we may have this cursory understanding of the story, but the more we study the Scriptures, the more we're struck by its detail and its imagery and its beauty. And we're blessed to have several great Bible teachers in our congregation. Ask any of them why they read the same passages over and over, and they're all going to tell you the exact same thing. God reveals something more each time. He speaks again and again in a new way. If only we would listen, then we could see and grasp the fullness of his love for us. The problem is we don't listen. We don't read, we don't study. There's a study done in, in a Barna study in 2021. It says over 50%, over half of American Christians read the Bible less than twice a year. With only 34 spending time in the Word weekly. Even here at Crown of Life, we have 441 adults in our congregation. And yet only 95 report to be in a Bible study or in personal devotion. And if we, as adults, will not model that Scripture is a priority, then we should not expect our children to value it either. So the sad truth is that the word of the Lord is rare in the modern church. Not because he isn't speaking, but because we've refused to listen. And it's to our own detriment. Because the result of our lack of, a, of study is a distorted view of sin and a diminished sense of hope and a deflated passion for serving others. Now, those are three really big points. I'm just going to touch on them. Because without the Word of God, we develop a distorted view of sin. Scripture tells us what is true, what is not. What is holy, what is sinful. But our nature, we want to ignore God's guidance here and instead just live as we see fit. And we've seen that mentality infect plenty of churches so they no longer stand on the scriptures, but just on their own reasoning. And they end up condoning what the Lord condemns. And without the word of God, we'll suffer a diminished sense of hope. We know that we live in a world with suffering and hardship, where the enemy desires nothing more than to overwhelm us. And so God gives us the scriptures to remind us of his victory and to comfort us with his love. And, but when we neglect it, then we're quickly driven to despair or to try to find our security in something outside of Christ. And without the word of God, we'll operate with a deflated passion for service. See, the main message, we already talked about the main message of Scripture is God's great love for you through Jesus Christ. And the main mission that the Scriptures have given to us is that we are to love others. And without that constant reinforcement, we default to selfish tendencies. So we would do well to ask ourselves if the word of the Lord has been rare in our own lives. 
Has our view of sin become distorted so we don't think that we need Jesus? Or has our life become darkened by a diminished hope so that we doubt the power of Jesus? Or has our passion for service become flat so we don't really care to share the love of Jesus? And could it be that we haven't allowed God's word to speak into our hearts and lives? Could it be that we've prioritized the things of this life over the message that leads to eternal life? Could it be that we've listened to the voices of the world but turned a deaf ear to our Lord? Now, as I ask those questions, I'm convicted. And maybe you are too. But yet the promise of God here is that if we say we have no sin, well, then the truth is not in us. But the promise of God is that if we confess our sins, we acknowledge our brokenness to him, then God is faithful and God is just and he will forgive us our sins and he will cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And so today, right now, let's go to him and do exactly that. Let's go to God in prayerful confession, simply acknowledging our need and saying, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So we pray. Father, we confess that though you speak to us in your word, we have not always listened. And we admit that we haven't cherished or studied the scriptures as we ought. Forgive us for trying to find truth or satisfaction, or security outside of your word or outside of your son. Lord, open our ears, open our hearts to receive your word today and every day. We pray it in the name of Jesus. Amen. There's this great truth and promise is that Though we have not always listened, God in his grace continues to speak to us. That's what we see in our first Samuel text, right? God speaks to Samuel again and again and again and again until finally Samuel starts to listen and he finally begins to understand who it is that was calling him. And the same is true for us. God speaks to us over and over through his word so that we would grasp who he is. So that we would grasp the love that he has for us. How high and wide and deep and long his love is for us. So the point is, he doesn't want us just to study scripture so that we can increase our, our intelligence, our knowledge. No, he wants us to come to him in his word so he can bless our souls. N.T. Wright is a theologian. He said it this way. He said, the Bible isn't like an accurate description of how a car is made. It's not the manual for how a car is made. It's more like the mechanic who fixes it. It's the garage attendant who refuels it. And we don't read the Bible then just to become great at spouting biblical knowledge. We read the Bible to connect with our God and to be reminded of his promises and to receive his grace and his strength to receive his healing because we are those cars that need the mechanic, that need to be fixed, that need to be refueled. And that's what we receive in his scripture because the scripture is not just some set of rules. It's a story. It's a love story. 
It's a story about God's great love shown to you through Jesus. And there we learn about our salvation. That Christ came into this world to perfectly fulfill what we so frequently break. Though we've ignored God's word, Christ embodied it. Christ obeyed it. He submitted himself to it. And in his obedience, Jesus went to the cross as our substitute. In love for us, he suffered the punishment for sin in our stead. And he died the death that we deserved. This love story of salvation tells us that through his blood, we are forgiven. And by his wounds, we are healed. And in his resurrected life, we've been, this, been given this great promise of eternal life. And this salvation story, our salvation story is spoken again and again and again so that you would know that everything is going to be okay. Each painting on the wall here, each painting is a story, is a depiction of God's love and his grace for us. Christ is the one who crushes the enemy, whether it's a snake or a giant or death itself. Christ is the one who keeps us safe in the midst of a flood or a storm or a fiery furnace. Christ is the one who provides for us by being our substitute, by taking the dirt of our sin on himself, by giving us grace through his body and blood. Christ is the one who teaches us and equips us and sends us out. Do you hear it? Are you listening? Because over and over, God shows you and tells you that you are a loved child of God, that you are safe in his arms, that your sins are forgiven. As God called out to Samuel, so God calls and speaks out to you and to me today, that we would be reminded of his faithfulness in the past and of his promises for the future. So when our hearts struggle with a distorted view of sin, hear the word of the Lord when he says that though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red as crimson, they shall be like wool. Sin's not something we have to hide. It's something that we confess, knowing that we have been forgiven and we have been redeemed through the blood of Jesus. And when this world beats us down and wants to rob us of hope, hear the word of the Lord that in God's great mercy he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. He's given us and Jesus Christ into the, from the dead and into, the, into inheritance that can never perish, never spoil, never fade. The point is this, this world does not win. Hear the word of the Lord. The world does not win because he's given us new birth. And he's given us an eternal inheritance. And our God promises to bring us through our suffering and safely into the kingdom of his son. Or when we're tempted to care little for others or to serve just ourselves, then hear the word of the Lord that you were called to be free. But do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. Because just as Christ loved us, forgives us, serves us. We've been called to do the very same for others. And we've been equipped for that task through the Holy Spirit working through his word. 
Throughout today, we've heard that the, the scripture is this great tapestry of truth and security and direction where we're reminded of God's faithfulness and we're, prom- and we're comforted by his promises and we're equipped for his mission. All of this is given to us through Jesus. Because the scriptures, you want to know why we study the scriptures? Because the scriptures deliver Christ. His words and his love and his grace. And so read it. And believe it. And live it out. As part of a Christian community, let's take the challenge to be with Jesus in his word. Let's see the Bible as a gift to be cherished and prioritized. And let's invite our family members and our friends to value it as we model a devotional life for them. Because we receive so much from our Lord, let's be like young Samuel and simply say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Amen. Let's pray. Speak, Lord, for we need to hear your voice absolving us of our sins. And speak, Lord, for we need to hear your words of comfort. Speak, Lord, for we need to hear your voice driving away our doubts and dispelling our fears. Speak, Lord, because your gospel changes us and it molds us and it transforms us and it sanctifies us. Lord, give us a passion to study the scriptures. By them, we have life because they point us to your son, Jesus. We pray it in his name. Amen.